0: Welcome to Center Stage with international opera star Pamela Kuhn. And now, here is your host, Pamela Kuhn. Good morning, everyone, and the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. As many of you know, I have a passion for a destination point in the heart of the Virgin Islands, the idyllic island paradise known as St. John. With 60% of the land preserved as a national park, the island is home to spectacular beaches, abundant sea and wildlife, and 5,000 residents who protect this island gem as if it was their most prized jewel. St. John is the smallest of the U.S. Virgin Islands, and perhaps that is its most special draw. For me, the extra effort involved in getting there says everything. We have to desire paradise enough to find Fantasy Island, It is worth the endeavor. In September 2017, Hurricane Irma ripped through the Virgin Islands with a direct hit on St. John, which left its devastating mark on this tranquil paradise and the people who live there. This is the first of several interviews that I am broadcasting with many of those individuals who live, work, and love the island. Today, I have with me a woman who defines St. John. She moved to the island when she was 21 And amongst her own extensive personal adventures, she has helped build its history. Alex Ewald is a culinary artist and owner of La Tapa Restaurant. She has the heart of an artist mixed with the determination of a lion. Her tenacity is mirrored by her visceral sensitivity to her surroundings. La Tapa has grown from a small kitchen with picnic coolers as refrigeration to a laid-back but elegant restaurant with European-influenced cuisine. In central Cruz Bay, the breeze seems to whisk you to La Tapa. Alex has created a uniquely imaginative kitchen, which reflects who she is. But She has created a magnetic and comforting gathering place for locals. Through hurricanes and recessions, Alex Ewald has built a binding community for the islanders, not only in business, but in spirit. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say... Good morning, Alex, and welcome to Center Stage. I am thrilled to
1: have you on my show. Thank you very much. I'm very, very excited.
0: (laughs) And I must admit, and I will include my recording engineer who is sitting in Greenwich, Connecticut right now, as we are sitting atop this fantastic hill in Fish Bay, looking out over the Caribbean. This is your home. Yes. And it it is an honor to be here. Thank you so much. It is sublimely beautiful and is everything that you are. Um, You know, Alex, just just to start, because the hurricane is fresh in our minds, Mm -hmm. I just want to address what is presently printed on the top of your menu at at La because it really speaks to me, and it says, sometimes a little humbleness brought upon by a storm can revive the inner beauty of something real simple, and this is accompanied by a large sign which you have leaning on a chair out (laughs) front,
1: it says, humble, in huge letters, Yep. Well, it's always been one of my priorities or one of my primary qualities um, in people, other people, and one of my own. I think by being humble um, you are able to put yourself in a situation where you can see more clearly. Mm -hmm. And, And a lot of Today's society is camouflaging these qualities, amazing qualities in people and things. And um, I've always been a true believer in humbleness. I like surrounding myself with staff that is humble because it just means you're willing to open yourself up and you are not judging and you're perceiving things as natural as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, the storm has kind of allowed us to be naked again, just like a tree that's lost all its leaves or a house that's lost its roof. You really just see the true essence of what is left over. Exactly. And I think especially in people. And it's hard. It's really, really hard. And you're very vulnerable, but it's also very, very beautiful because you're more delicate and you're more receptive towards
0: well said. And, and this is what I perceive in St. John all the time. There's a beautiful openness and, and sense of community that's very strong. And I really meant it when I said you bind that together. You, you said the other night in the restaurant after the hurricane, your main aim was to feed everyone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yes. I, I get the impression that all of you came together on the island. Is this, is this true? Do you well, help each
1: other? I think um, you can only do so much. I think everybody right. has their strengths um some people believe they didn't do enough some people believe they did too much but i think everyone has their time and moment to do so um you know you it's like you can't change the world but mm-hmm. you can do what you can do yeah. and um for me it was like okay i need to open the doors i need to provide jobs and i need to bring in as much human contact and normality, and just get the engine going again, you know. And it's, it's, it's very overwhelming if you look at the big picture, and you can't do that. You mm-hmm. can really just I, – all I could say is I have my four walls, and I can make a difference right here. And if everybody thinks that, mm-hmm. then it's a collaboration, and things start running and you again. Can, and you can move forward. You can move so forward. what was it like really, like
0: on the first day after the hurricane – with the reality of it. We've heard so many stories, Alex. Um, I mean, could you leave your home?
1: Well, I was not here for Irma. I was here for Maria. I was stuck in Nicaragua. We had left on September 2nd. So it was probably worse being away than actually being here. Of course. And watching on the screen how the storm was getting closer and talking to your family and loved ones and friends until the last moment when there was no, no communication. Um, and then being in the dark and not knowing, okay, what happened?
0: How long did it take before you could get through on satellite phones? Um,
1: well, we, we did have, um, Mike's, uh, my boyfriend's family that had a satellite phone. So I think it was probably, you know, 12 hours after that we got through Mm -hmm. and, um, Mike's nephew actually Facebook timed, you know, he had a, a camera up on top and he was, filming the wind really as it was um, getting stronger so you know we saw that and I'd been through storms before at least mm-hmm. in Maryland so I kind of had an idea on what was happening obviously it wasn't a category 5 mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: so um it was you know kind of you felt like you were handcuffed not being here and I think I'm better off being on the scene because I usually stay pretty calm and mm-hmm. like I said it's it's a natural disaster it's not a war so you just kind of embrace things as they come and you do whatever you can I love that to the, to f- to fix things you know or protect yourself but you can't do anything when you're away it's just a natural disaster
0: it's not a war I, I like that very much <laughs> that shows your your inner pioneering spirit which you've always oh, always yeah. had you you've been on Saint John for most of your life, haven't you?
1: Well, um, I guess so. I mean I'm gonna be fifty four and I used to come as a kid when I was twelve on vacation and then I started I got my driver's license here when I was eighteen, left again. So there was a lot of back and forth between here and Europe. I mean Germany, France and Spain, but I actually moved back twenty six years ago and I haven't left since. So That's It's been a while.
0: Tell us about your father a little bit and how how you followed him here.
1: Well, my father was quite the entrepreneur, I would say, and I think, um, you know, especially coming from Hamburg, Germany and being a restaurateur, um, he was the kind of guy that would um, be there when buildings were torn down and take all the old faucets and tiles and antiques and use all these items to start a new restaurant with, which usually was very charming and had a lot of personality and, mm-hmm. and character. And I think it's that survival instinct that the generation after World War II had, where, you know, you you were buying things on the black market and, you, you know, you, you didn't have everything, but you were happy with what you had. Mm-hmm. And I think that the people from that generation are far more interesting and more fun I mean they they'd have fun just playing cards and it's it's you know they have a lot of personality and they they strive they 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 yeah. they achieve things you know and they're not lazy they're very hard working and my father was a character he's funny and sarcastic and you know and I think that's Part of the background you know and very very strict upbringing i mean my sister and i had a strict upbringing and mm-hmm. i think that allows you to deal with disasters
0: yeah like this, exactly you know it also incited in you i think a really strong work ethic because yep. that's what you're all about aren't you yeah that's um, it the heart of an artist and you roar like a lion too yep well, it's funny that you mentioned that. My my son calls me a lion. So. Is that <laughs> right? Yeah. And we have to mention now that, that Alex Babel's son is named Tristan. Yes. And I think there's an operatic link to this, isn't there? Yeah,
1: well, my father's favorite opera, he was an opera fanatic. He followed Pavarotti around the world. And um, he was a big fan of Wagner's, who was you know, his favorite, and the opera Tristan and Isolde, of course. So and then I read the book whilst I was pregnant and yep Tristan the same Tristan
0: and <laughs> you had you had your baby here mm-hmm. on the island mm-hmm. wow yes how how brave you are. you are really
1: well I mean there's no other choice you know yeah, it's, exactly. it's like I mean I was going to have a natural home birth but unfortunately he was reached and two weeks late so he was born under a section in St Thomas and. He's, um, definitely an island boy. And he is. And you're, you're very much of the water, aren't you? You are your water. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm a cancer. So obviously I'm a water. I've always been surrounded by water. Hamburg, where I'm originally from is, um, on the water. And it's, it's when I need to clear my head or I need inspiration, I usually go for a swim or I just look at the waves and it seems to loosen everything up. So, this, the, the island of St. John, then, is your sole place, isn't it? Well, I've kind of been on the fence for many, many years mm-hmm. because I miss Europe a lot. I miss culture. And um, now it has become because I believe the grass isn't greener on the other mm-hmm. side. And I think it's just kind of where you make your niche and where you're happy within yourself. And mm-hmm. you just start surrounding yourself with things that make you feel good and with me it is nature it is the ocean it's I'm very nostalgic I like old things that's why my house is built after you know some of the plantation houses that you see and yeah fabulous so let's get back to your
0: European roots because you've been a woman of many cultures and that's reflected in the food clearly at La Tata, mm-hmm. which the, the restaurant that you own, that you've cultivated, that you've lived by, really reflects your life, doesn't it? And oh, the yeah. push that you've made through many, many different cultures. Born in Hamburg, uh, United States, in St. John, and then Spain,
1: France. Um, wow. How many languages do you speak? Uh, four. So German's my mother language, and then we moved to France when I was 10, so I went to school there. And my mother was American, so she spoke English to us. Mm-hmm. And then I lived in Madrid for three and a half years. So it is, you know, a melange of all those cultures. And especially on the menu, I mean, when I came here from Spain, I opened up a tapas place, which is La Tapa. That's mm-hmm. why the name. Um, this was 22 years ago, and St. John was not ready yet. They thought I was opening a tapas bar. So A tapas bar. bar, not a tapas bar. <laughs> And um so I slowly started introducing, you know, entrees, but everything was influenced by the cooking that I was raised with. My father was an excellent chef, my grandmother had a restaurant in Hamburg, so I remember eating parsley stems and I remember the um the Sauerbraten cooking and, and the rotkohl, the braised cabbage and You know, then France, I remember picking escargots or snails, and my mom would purge them, and we'd feed them thyme for a week. And then Mm -hmm. my sister and I felt sorry for them and let them out of their cages, so my mom was (laughs) never able to actually cook them. Um, But So there was the French influence on, you know, garlic and red wine. We got to drink, you know, I mean, from age, I think, 11 or 12. So it was water with a splash of red wine. And the older we got, the more... The water got basically fortified with wine, and we mm-hmm. never got to drink sodas. So there's the, the the taste sensation of um, I want to say more real things, and not sodas. It Wonderful. didn't get affected. And then of course Spain, and you know, and then coming here and mm-hmm. getting fresh seafood. And so let let me ask you about what what means
0: the most to you when you're in Europe. I know San Sebastian is another soul place for you. Yeah, would that be your second home?
1: Um I would say so and I think it's more um again the the history of the Basques, the language that mm-hmm. fascinates me where they're still trying to discover what the origins of the language is are. Mm-hmm. I mean it's not Indo, it's not Anglo, it's it's not Latin. It's you know, they don't know the origins of the language, um old traditions, um amazing hospitality and of course amazing restaurants. I think San Sebastian has more Michelin star restaurants than Paris does. And but they're unpretentious. It's just they mm-hmm. they have those stars because it is true hospitality. It is not paid for or they're not trying to prove or achieve a star. It's just that's how they are. And you feel it when you go into one of those restaurants. And this this keeps your your um imagination alive. Oh absolutely Absolutely. And I'm impressed every time I go there and I'm impressed, especially by humble, by how humble people are over there. And one of the leader where they call him the unicorn of Spain, who's Juan Mari Artsak, who is the grandfather of the whole Spanish movement. And I saw him at a chef's congress in New York and everyone got up and applauded. And, you know, it was just an amazing moment. And the question was asked, what advice do you have? A young cook, and he said, "Be humble." And those were the only two words he said. And that stuck with me because, and I was oh just blown God. away because that's my philosophy, you know.
0: So you come full circle now. Yeah, with the and
1: we're very good friends. So you know, I went back and I staged with him and his daughter Elena, who was named best female chef a few years ago in the world. So they're a very amazing family, and uh, they inspire me. How marvelous! Yeah. How often do you get back? Uh, at least once a year. And do you take any of your own staff with you? I do, yes. I took my chef Patrick. I took, um, four of my employees a few years ago. And I kind of want to show them where I come from and where I get my enthusiasm from and my passion. Because if not, people don't get it. Exactly. Exactly. So they you know. just think you're some crazy person. <laughs>
0: Like for St. John, don't you?
1: Especially now, after you're rebuilding after oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I mean I have, you know, this is the longest I've lived in a place. My usually I live for three and a half years in one place and then I move to the next. So it's um definitely a very important place to me.
0: Alex, I I realize that your confidence level is tremendous. Mm-hmm. I mean you, you are a very special person. It's a fire that burns within you and sustains many on this island. How do you see the confidence growing in others around you um, right now after the hurricane?
1: Well, I think that um, I think St. John is just getting stronger, and people are getting stronger. Mm-hmm. I think the the weak ones, just like you know, after any disaster, have left mm-hmm. because they can't deal. So I think what you have here is a very solid core, mm-hmm. and I think that's a great stepping stone to rebuild St. John. And I think it kind of, once again, I'm using the word camouflage. St. John did get camouflaged by a lot of riffraff and people that came that thought they knew it all and they could change things. And, you know, change is always good, but it just depends on what direction you take it. it needs to be beneficial for the island. Exactly. And um so I think this was kind of like a spring cleaning moment where... Um, yeah, all that dust is gone. And St. John is just pure again. And yeah, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed and rebuilt, but they're getting rebuilt properly. Absolutely. So
0: do you see a little bit of the old St. John, like when you came oh, here? Yeah.
1: It's kind of like the St. John of the late 80s. That's
0: fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. So I, I'm sure that living in here has not always been easy. No, and you've been faced with many struggles. I mean, despite hurricanes. So, can you just share any of the the difficult struggles you've had, or any of the the really happy moments you've had in a voyage of discovery here?
1: Well, I mean, there's. Um, I think the hardest part of living here, and I think every place in the world has its issues. Is um, you know, there's a lot of corruption um, politically, mm. and there's. A lot of immigrants here, which I am not, you know, by all means a racist person, but I'm just saying that there's a lot of people coming here from down island. And I think the thing that saddens me is that the people that come here to work end up sending all their money back to the country they came from versus spending it here. Uh And after the storm, I see this even more because obviously we're um, an island that Rides from tourism and right now we don't really have as much tourism as we did before. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of broken things, so there's a lot of construction going on. So what happens is just, you know, plain simple laborers now are asking wages that are outrageous, that are more than somebody that you would pay right. working in a restaurant like a chef or something like that who went to school and actually learned. So there's, there's a big... Um, Disproportion.
0: Mhm. Our typical kind of broken down syndrome after something like this.
1: Yeah. Where some people do take advantage. And it's just kind of, you know, that that kind of really saddens me.
0: But you've negotiated corruption, I'm sure, ever since you were twenty one years old when you first came here. And you know, and you know how to handle it, don't you? Oh,
1: absolutely. You? Absolutely. You know, always be polite, be friendly mm-hmm. and um Once again, don't fight it. Don't fight the system and go along with it. And you can kind of bend things around. Wow. And make it work. Wow. You know, one of the things that
0: always impresses me about St. John, despite this great sense of community, is that there is a certain benefit here from living with celebrity. Um, people like Kenny uh, Chesney, mm-hmm. who lives on the island, and he did open his home after the hurricane, didn't mm-hmm. he? Mm-hmm. Uh, to uh, and during the hurricane, to mm-hmm. help people mm-hmm. and animals.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and they were—he was very instrumental in getting this island back on track, wasn't he? Yeah, and uh, I think—and that's amazing. And not just Kenny, but many other people have helped out, and that just shows you that the people, the wealthy people that do live here, are um, are giving back. Are giving back. Um, in an amazing way they're very down to earth and they they see things from the outside and they know how to step in and I don't think St. John would be where it is right now without them and you had the help of Bloomberg you had the help of New York state troopers here which amazed me I wasn't aware of that yeah very impressive yeah no it's it's amazing the help we've we've gotten, and I don't think that St. John would be where it is right now if it weren't for that.
0: This is, um, well, these are some stories, I'm sure. So how how long does your restaurant stay open during the season?
1: Um, Usually we close for about a month and a half. We close for the month of September, which is dead, you know, it's it's hurricane season, Um, (laughs) and then oh, sorry. Then, sorry. then, it goes into mid-October, sometimes a little later, sometimes a little less. I think it just always depends on um, the staffing and how I feel, how hard mm-hmm. the year has been. Because obviously, um, working for an entire year, making people happy, which I love doing, but also keeping your staff happy takes a lot out of you. You know, it, it's it's very energy-consuming, and I need my my time off to be able to rejuvenate and start all over the next year. That's so exciting. So So
0: where will you be going soon?
1: I'm not sure. I just came back from Spain. I escaped for a week. I went to San Sebastian just Mm -hmm. to kind of get my little injection, I call it. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yes, and we'll see. I mean, last, last season I wanted to do a stay vacation. I went to Nicaragua for one week. Just to kind of um, cut the cord from the restaurant business and mm-hmm. but then, yeah, it became a stay vacation, but under very um, complicated circumstances, so I'm hoping to try that again and just really enjoy St John not working mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. This is fantastic've we've got, we've got her wonderful dog, Sophia, barking in the background. she's a lovely boxer. We have the most beautiful view known to man. Why did you choose
1: this this piece of land here? Alex? Um, well, I fell in love with it because I was living in Fish Bay. I was renting. i would rented um, most of the time I've lived here since I was always going to move back to Europe. And then I fell in love with this because it's Borderline National Park. And um, I have, what, seven miles of park behind me. And uh, It's a great neighborhood. Everybody knows each other. And it's, it's safe. And it's, yep, it's beautiful. And you have a pool outside
0: that looks like a water trough. Yes, Didn't you tell me about those?
1: Well, yes. Um, I'm not, I don't like swimming pools um, at all. I think they're tacky, but uh, my, my swimming pool is the ocean because I'm a big swimmer. So this is a feature, a water feature, um, based on the animal troughs yeah. from the old um, plantation houses, and um, for me it's more for um, cocktails, hangovers, and freshening up throughout the day when I'm hiking or gardening or I come back from work, I jump in the pool. This is fantastic.
0: Alex Abel, if you would choose one word or phrase to sum yourself up, could you do that? Uh, We'll take it in any language, Alex.
1: Yeah, That's that's tough. Um, I mean, definitely very passionate. Very passionate and I'm just loving beauty. And I think beauty from the inside and the outside. I'm a very... um, photogenic, like, I don't know how to say photogenic. See, you I, I, you I, I adore, adore pho- visual beauty. Visual beauty, and I think that visual beauty, um, how you perceive it is a projection of of yourself. Of yourself, you know?
0: and that's what you've replicated with your fantastic life here, your wonderful restaurant, all of your personnel who you look after like family. What now? What What's in the future, Alex
1: I don't know, but I'm excited. I'm very excited because I feel... And it's only been for the past two weeks because we've been struggling a lot. But I feel like an inner peace that it's kind of like it's all going to be okay. And even if we get hit again, okay, so we're going to get hit again. But it's, I don't know. I think it takes disasters like this or things in life in general. You know, it doesn't have to be a disaster. It can be a divorce. It can Mm -hmm. be. But once you get through it, all of a sudden you feel lighter and better. we have gone through it. That equalizer yeah. that brings you to yeah. the top. Alex Wald, thank you for inviting
0: us to your fabulous home. We love La Tapa. We love the fact that you are such an adventurer. Thank you for being with us on center stage. And the curtain is now down. <laughs>